Pond.com. It's time now for a Pond Further Review with your host, Josh Norman, here on WJQS The Fan. Welcome in upon further review. It is Monday night. I am your host, Josh Dorman, and we are grateful for you joining us as always. Maybe it's on uh, 106.3 FM, The Fan, 1400 AM, Radio, Radio.com, the TuneIn Radio app, WJQSTheFan.com, wherever you are, we appreciate you joining us here. We are here every Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m., and uh, we are brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, Live healthy, live blue, www.bcbsms.com. As is the case, uh, each and every first Monday of the month, we have our edition of Tea to Green with Randy Watkins from 6 to 7 p.m. here in the first hour of the show. And uh, we welcome in Randy and Bill on the board uh, joining us in studio as well. And uh, say uh, welcome and, and, and hello to both of you gentlemen. How how are we doing? How was the weekend? Oh, did you see the weather this weekend? Oh, man. <laughs> What's not to like? Boy, I tell about you. This, that our weather we get in the fall. It's just, if you're having a bad day, just go outside. It, it might take you a minute, but you'll feel better. There is no doubt about that. Bill, I, I know you're a little disappointed about the Braves not closing it out in Atlanta. Yeah. We still Me have too. two chances. Yep. Hang yep. tight. Oh, they only have to win one. That's, That's right. correct. That's correct. That's right. Hey, after that grand slam by Freeman last night, I thought, man, that's it. And then, boy, give credit to the Astros. They came back and scrappy uh, bunch, scrappy bunch. Both of them, both teams are scrappy. Did a good job, real good. But I'm with I'm with Bill on that. Mm -hmm. My my son in law and my daughter are Braves. Like they're extra fanatic. Okay, they watch a hundred and sixty two games together. They know them all. They know the stats. They know every player. They know every trade. They know they know their contracts. They know everything. Wow. They went last night. Good for them. And had a ball. Of course, it would have been better if they would won it. But they said it was just – they sent videos. Of, oh, yeah. They said it is it is next-level crazy after that, after that grand story. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. They, uh, somebody, one of the um, announcers was talking about how it felt like the stadium – Shook. Was was shaking, rock, like, yeah. shaking. Yeah. yeah, Duvall hit that ball, and, it, and everybody went, "Oh boy, okay, <laughs> yeah, right." Here we go, four runs, and then, then Freeman. When Freeman hit his, oh, to make it five to nothing, it was, I thought, "Here we go, we're going to get this thing tonight." And he hit, he hit four sixty. That four, was yeah, Freeman. The, Freeman yeah, was the grand was slam, right? No, Freeman, no, no, Freeman Duvall was, was a solo. Freeman oh, was Freeman solo. was a solo. He was a in solo. the next inning. Duvall hit the grand slam. Duvall hit the grand slam, and then that was just what his fourth one he did, I think. In something his career like or something like that? It's crazy. And uh, fourth or fifth. But, yeah, when Freeman hit that one 460 feet, there's that not, stadium was rocking, baby. There's not many things better than fall baseball. Oh, no. Than, than the, I mean, the World Series stuff. It's just the best. I had lunch today with a buddy of mine, and, uh, you know, there were a lot of, lot of um, uh, celebrities, if you will, at the game Saturday night. Right. A lot of attention put yeah. on that. Who who do you think got the largest ovation? Donald Trump did. No. <laughs> no. He uh, was there though. Ralph Macchio. Ralph no. Macchio. Oh, yes. Come on. I can't remember the karate the, kid. I can't remember <laughs> wow. the song he said they played. Because a buddy of mine and his wife and daughter were there Saturday night. 
Yeah, and, and they he said they started playing a song, and I can't remember what it was, but it, it obviously had to do with the Karate Kid or yeah. Cobra Kai now. Something, right. And they showed a picture of Ralph Macchio sitting yeah. there yeah. in the stands, and yeah. uh, he said the entire stadium just went nuts. Went nuts. That's great. For Ralph Macchio. That's awesome. I'll tell you what. it's uh, We saw the baseball players there, you know. Greg That's Maddox nice. threw out the ball last night, first pitch. My guy. Okay. That's and my then, of course, Chipper right Jones has been there. And yep. All of them, all Hank the guys Aaron's have been back. Family and children. Hank Aaron's family, family have been there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, Greg Maddox, the bulldog. Yeah. Man. Something he, else. Throughout My the favorite first pitch. pitcher all time. I tell yep. you what. Hey. Favorite pitcher all time. If you had to compare his baseball ability or style to a golfer, who would it be? Oh man. Well, he's a golfer too. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not as good as Smoltzy. No, but, uh, not as good as Smoltz. No, it just play. It just he pitched differently. Obviously, yeah. you know, right. it's a different style. Sort of a well, he was very more of a Trevino guy, very technical and very methodical. Yes. real, really calculated. Yeah, yep. sort of a Trevino sort of guy. Pick, yep. really. pick what parts of the plate he was going to. That's throw exactly to right. Hit it every yep. time, and that's the way Trevino played. He picked yeah. like the left side of the fairway to hit it to, or the right. right side. He didn't hit it in the fairway. It was a side of the specific fairway. place, and he'd hit his shot, his shot to the hole, to the side of the hole he wanted to putt from. He was that accurate with his iron. It was just. All right, I'm going to tell you a crazy story. I had a turkey this week. I just heard somebody else say they had a turkey. 14. Yeah. I hit a 60-degree wedge. Yeah. Brought it back about two feet. It should have gone in. Should have. Tap in three inches. Nice. Go to 15. Yeah. Hit a 60-degree wedge. Yeah. Third shot. Yep. Inches. Tap in. Wow. Go to 16. Yeah. I'm just over the green in two. Yeah. I chip it, pitch and wedge. Yeah. Hit the flag stick. Should have gone in for eagle. Doesn't go in. But stays right there on the edge for another tap-in birdie. Three, Three tap-in birdies in, in a, a row. row. Didn't even have to put them. Kick ne- in. Won't ever happen again. That's awesome. Well, well that, you never say hey. never. Is there anybody there that saw it? Yeah, there was there was three other guys. Good. I was going to say you need you need lots of proof. They, for that they were all there. Yeah, you need a whole hey, lot of proof. Hey, and one of the greatest so you moments. You won the bet. You had to win the bet. Yeah. No, actually, Krupa beat me. Did he really? Oh, bad? yeah. I had a uh, – well, I got stuck in the fairway bunker on 18. Yep. Ended up tripling 18. No. Sure did. Wiped out the Couldn't turkey. get out of it. Hit the <laughs> lip twice, rolled right back to me. Killer. I tell you what. Hey, and look, I had him on the edge after after all that. <laughs> oh, I He bet. was on the edge. Oh, I bet you had it. But he, 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 he got he got me. Um, But, uh, no, it, so this is a great thing about playing through. This is We had a single that wanted to play through. Yep. Here To all golfers – if you're going to play through, you better be able to play. Yep. Like, don't play through on a par three and it take you eight strokes. No, no. This guy steps up. He's a single, walking, playing through. Okay. On 13. Yep. Near about aced it. Did he really? I'm talking about, I was telling him, that's what I'm talking about when you play that's through. That's how you do it. That's how you play through. You hit it good, tap it in, move on. If you're going to come up and say, hey, y'all mind if I play through? Yeah. That's how you play you through, folks. Yep. If it's going to take you eight strokes on a par three, just stay behind. Yeah, or just skip the hole and go yeah, on to the next Skip the hole or work on your game, whatever you got to yeah. do. But don't uh-uh. don't waste the playing through no. if you're not going to get it done. If you're going to go, go. i tell you what. <laughs> so, uh, before we come to the first break here, yep. tell me about uh, we had the Watkins Cup this weekend. Yeah, we did. It was just a fantastic weekend. As you know, we do a – we do a series of club events throughout the year. We do nine of them actually, and and it's you get points. It's for the members of the club. You get points based on participation and performance. At the end of this season, um, forty-eight men, twenty women make the team. 
and you get a free weekend of golf and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so this weekend was the deal. We do a big cocktail party Friday night, and we play. Uh, we played Saturday at Patrick Farms, which was great, and and then we have singles matches. It's a Ryder Cup type right. format, but it's very it's competitive, but it's more of a performance related sure, reward sure. for the year for participating in our events and playing right. in our club events and doing well. And it's just a great weekend. And yesterday, of course, the weather was so good. Oh, it's beautiful that. You know, we could have messed up every single thing about the tournament. No one would have known because the weather was so good. It's incredible. But it was. We have a Nicholas team and a Palmer team, and it's they have uniforms and the whole deal. And it was just. It's a highlight for us, and it's something we work for all year long. We work really hard on it actually sure. to make it extra special, and and the members really appreciate it. And we've increased that field about a lot over the years, relative to the amount of participation that is increasing our club events throughout the year. Right. So more people play and more people get in. So it's been it's been a super thing. It's been really good for us. Our members really get a, get a kick out of it. And we do too as a staff. We just love it. All right. So who won, Nicholas or Palmer? Well, Nicholas, of course. Nicholas took it <laughs> in dominating fashion too. Oh boy! It was just one of those weeks. The pairings, the the, the handicapping is, is very equitable. Yeah. And the team spots are very equitable. But sometimes you know it just, it's just goes, how it happens. It's just how it happens. You know, it's like know. the United States this year. The exactly and the Ryder Cup. You just yeah. get you just kill them. Sometimes you get hot. That was a pretty good matchup. Yeah. And you, some one team got hot and the other didn't. All right, so it's not Patrick Farms versus Lake Caroline. It's a combination of all the members. It's all the members. That go into a handicap situation, that's and that's correct. how you determine the teams. Yep. What a fun event. Oh, it really is. And it's just, it's it's festive, and it's fun, and it's a lot of camaraderie, and a lot of friendships are formed. And a lot oh, of people yeah. meet people. And throughout the year, you know, there are a lot of uh, – you know, bonds have been made throughout the year. Our members know each other and right. have fun with each other, and it's, um, you know, it's, and it's and it is competitive. It is, in fact, a competition. Sure. And I tell them that it is yeah. a competition, but it's more for a reward and for the fun. Yeah, and they take it in a great spirit, and they just they just had a big time, and I was proud of them. That's awesome. Look, if you want to find out more uh, about this great event and all the things that goes on with Randy Watkins Golf, go to randywatkinsgolf.com. They've got Patrick Farms, Lake Caroline, Whisper Lake. Three beautiful courses. You heard it first here about the Watkins Cup. Nine events throughout the year that qualify for you. That if you're a member, such a fun atmosphere and time. And the courses are in beautiful shape. RandyWatkinsGolf.com. We'll be back with more Tee to Green with Randy Watkins here on Upon Further Review right after this. Welcome back in upon further review. I am your host, Josh Dorman. It is Tita Green Hour with Randy Watkins. It's the first Monday of each month, the first hour of the show. And uh, Randy comes in and talks all things golf with us and uh, just, a, just a significant amount of uh, of expertise and knowledge and and I think I learn more in the in the breaks, Bill, <laughs> about golf than, than 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 anything. We have so many interesting conversations, and it's it's great to have Randy with us. And uh, 
Randy, there's some Mississippians making some noise right you now. You betcha. You on betcha. the PGA Tour. Yes, sir. Um, talk about that a little bit and, and what you're seeing out of the, uh, some of those young players. Well, I think this is the coolest. You know, it was cool that we had three guys come out, graduate from the Corn Ferry. All three of them, Hayden Buckley, uh, Davis Riley, and Chad Ramey, all three have already had at least one top ten on their PGA Tour. They're not five weeks into their career. Mm. They've already got a top ten each. Hay- Hayden Buckley's actually got two. Mm. Chad Ramey just missed having two. Uh, Davis got his first one this past week and finished seventh in Bermuda, which, oh, by the way, they played in nearly a hurricane yesterday. It was brutal. Oh, wow. I, didn't I mean, see it, was, it was brutal. And he played awesome. Yeah. So all three guys have already got a top 10. And what happens now is they're earning points. Right. It's not about money anymore. They don't even hardly publish a money list, they, they publish points, right. FedEx Cup points. So there will be a reshuffle of the priority to get in tournaments here pretty quick in the next couple weeks. They'll move up Mm. because they've outpointed people that were ahead of them in the priority Mm. because they've top 10 and some of those guys have not. Some guys have not even played much. Right. They came out. They played a lot. They played hard. They played well. They're going to get in. So what happens is they'll get to now set a schedule. They'll know based on their priority that they'll get in X, X, and X. Right. Instead of wondering, because you can go as a rookie, you can say, well, for sure I'll get in at Pebble Beach. Right. Because the big names don't go because the weather's tough. It's a long pro-am. I'll get in that. But then you may not get in the next three or four. Right. Which is L.A., San Diego, Phoenix, whatever, that all of them play in. Well, why do you, you know, you're going to go to the West Coast for one week. You, you might not choose to do it. Correct. You know, you might say, I'll just, I'll just work on my game and get ready for a run of events. Right, right. Instead of going to one where the weather's going to be tough. Yeah. It's it's going to be a long pro-am. Mm-hmm. Now, I did it. I played in that tournament, but I did it because I just thought I had to go to work. Yeah. You got a card, you go to work. You go play. You go play. Yeah. And it was awesome because it's Pebble Beach. And back then, the, the, the rotation was still Pebble, Spyglass, and Cypress Point. So uh-huh. I got to play all three, which was cool. Wow. Um, but they're making progress, and I am not going to be shocked if any or all win a tournament this year. I will not be shocked at all based on their play. And then Andy Ogletree right. just finished second in the second stage of tour school and is going to the finals, which is this week or next. It's quick. It's so he's he doesn't have status? Uh-uh. Oh. He got some exemptions because of his U.S. Amateur win. Okay. But you had to earn enough money through those exemptions to get your card. He didn't do that, but he got hurt. Had some surgery, took a good bit of time off, came back, and he's played really – he won a mini tour event somewhere on his rehab. Mm -hmm. Then he went to tour school, second stage, and finished second, shot 16 or 17 under. Wow. uh, Over in Dothan, Alabama. So he's going into the finals. I fully expect him to be fully exempt on the Corn Ferry next year. Okay. And to to be – Fantastic at it. Have some great I mean, opportunities. Yep, yep. So coming up, Davis Riley, top seven. Yes. Okay, tied for seventh. Yep. Does that guarantee him a spot in the Houston Open November 11th through 14th, which would be the next PGA tournament that is not a world the golf World Golf Championship? It should get him in Houston. Okay. He's probably in it already. Okay. Anyway, that, that priority is probably in okay. at Houston, but that would carry over. Okay. So you've got Houston, and then you got the RSM Classic and Sea Island Resort, uh, Sea Island, Georgia, and then it kind of walks through. You got the uh, 
Tiger Woods Hero World Challenge. But but really, you know, a couple spotty tournaments, and then January Correct. is when it really kicks That's off. When it kicks off hard. So they'll play. They'll play Houston RSM for sure. Okay. They'll they'll play because they're going to get some time off. You know, in December there's not much. Right. But that'll give them the time to a work on their game and to set their schedule. And the more points they get, the further they get up in the priority, the easier it is to set their schedule to yeah. know when they're going to play where. Wow. So wow. it's 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 complicated. But when you play well, the complications get better. I mean, they get easier. Absolutely. They get a lot easier. Well, and, and look, I mean, you know, it, it, when you're a young professional of any type, yep. whether that's an accountant, yep. an engineer, or a golfer, yep. to have early success is yep. not a bad thing either because it takes a little bit of the, the mental strain financially off and – in Davis's case, one hundred ninety thousand dollars this last weekend. Pretty good. That opens work. the doors for you know. Hey, okay, I can I can relax now, and and I can yep. play golf. I don't have to worry about making a living. The financial burden. I can pay my bills. That's I can right. Support my family. Whatever. Now I just can focus on the work. Yep. And the progress I'm trying to make to climb the ladder. That's right. And there is a, like in all sports, we've talked about this before. You know, very few people can start as a rookie and jump to the top yep. of the ladder. Yeah. You got to go up the rungs of the ladder. So you got to get kicked in the mouth. Mm-hmm. You got to get close and lose. You got to get close and get closer. Then you got to run. You got to miss a couple cuts in a row. You yeah. got to get. You know. You got to go through learning that that's coming. That is going to happen to you. I don't care how good you are, how long your career is. You're going to go through streaks where you miss two, three, four, five cuts in a row. Right. Doubt pops in just like mm. it does any golfer how to regroup from that, get back in it, and you get back in the rhythm. Mm-hmm. But you can't jump back to the top of the ladder because golf will not allow it. Yeah. Just, I mean, I say that Tiger somehow can do it, but but he, but he doesn't count. No, I mean, no. Superman doesn't count. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> or Batman. Or Batman. Case. But they're all learning that. But they, they're getting some, some street cred. Yeah. So if, when you make top tens, the big names know who you are. Now they know you. Yeah. Now they know they respect your ability that you've done it there. They don't care how much you want as an amateur, how much you want in college. They don't care. Right. You have to do it there, there to get their respect. Once you get a top ten or two and you start playing on the weekends, you get paired with them, they see you play, they're, they're around you, you start to feel accepted. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Now, now also, are there kickers, generally speaking, in a professional golfer's contract when there is success in some of their sure. off- the course oh yeah uh sponsorships maybe yep. it's their uh their club sponsor maybe it's their yep. golf ball sponsor are there things that kick in oh, yeah once you get to a certain level there's all sorts of bonus structures i'm not sure of all of them right but, but there could be uh for years titleist would take a uh, a pool of money and the top 10 guys playing titleist balls split this pot say 20 grand right and the low guy would win ten thousand. The low right. guy, you don't have to be the low guy. You don't have to win the tournament. You just have to be the low of the people playing Titus Ball, and then you split the other among the other nine guys. So there's all sorts of those kickers for a win, for a top ten, for you know I don't mm. know what all. The, yeah, you know they all. It's all complicated now. They got they all got agents. They right. all got all sorts of little things uh, for appearance fees for corporate functions mm-hmm. because. Somebody has connections. I had, you know, I had people from Mississippi that had connections in D.C. Yeah, and I I did a dinner with some some folks and made a little money that way, and right. that happened a time or two. 
Never did I go anywhere where I didn't get a hotty toddy from somewhere. <laughs> I mean, from some weird cities. Yes. And I, and I get a hotty toddy out of the crowd. It was awesome. Yes. I mean, it was just yes. Cool. So all that sort of stuff goes on. But they all got little kickers in their contracts for, for different stuff and to play X number of tournaments. Right. And, it's just they, they they got the world by the tail right now. They 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 are playing golf in a great time to be playing golf. Boy, and look, playing golf in Bermuda. I mean, I mean, it, hey, it could be worse, uh, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Good gracious. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, you know, congratulations to each of those guys. Yes. On a on a hot start, you know, <clears throat> you know, remember, professional golf is not like the NBA. It's not like the NHL. It's not like you know, a lot of your professional sports, Major League Baseball, and even football to some degree, where their contracts are guaranteed. The only guarantee they have right now is the opportunity to play. Correct. If they don't perform, they don't get paid. That's correct. And, and you know, that's what kind of makes it a little different is you you have to stay hungry. And you've seen people that will have a great two-year stretch, and then all of a sudden they're back on the corn ferry. You bet. You know, four or five years later when all those exemptions and statuses yeah, run out. It'll spit you out. You know, it, it's a it's 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 cyclical in nature. You, you bet uh, it is. From that perspective. And so a lot of respect for every professional golfer, but also for our young guys that are out there getting it done. Hey, I would encourage you to follow Davis Riley, Hayden Buckley, Andy Ogletree, Chad Ramey. Chad Ramey. Uh, Allie, Ewing. Allie Ewing on the LPGA. Yep. Give those folks a follow. You know, check their – those are Mississippians yes. playing professional sports and getting it done at an exceptional level. And certainly from our state here, we should have the opportunity and, and the vision to support those folks sure. um, and as they come they out. Have, for all I know, they have kickers based on followers. I don't, I don't know. Social media? Social media. They may have that and – we ought to latch on to them. I'll tell you what we'll do also. I will get a list of, of their social media. Uh, I know some of them, uh, but I will get all of them. And I would encourage you, look, go follow their Twitter, their Instagram, you know, whatever it is, because in, in whatever small way we can, we want to support these folks as they're out there yep. uh, getting after it and uh, and doing their thing. When we come back after this next break, we're going to break down a couple courses with Randy, and that is up in Philadelphia, Mississippi, and Dancing Rabbit, two courses up there that are beautiful courses. Couple of great ones. And uh, we're going to look at the azaleas, and we're going to look at the oaks. And uh, we're going to talk about those two courses, the design of those courses, uh, what Randy's thoughts are on those courses. Remember, part of what we like to do is 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 not just give credit uh, to local courses, but we want to go statewide. Sure. And uh, and talk about the the. Uh, the availability of golf in our state. So don't go anywhere. We're with Randy Watkins here on TD Green on Upon Further Review. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Norman, on WJQS The Fan. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. We are once again joined by Randy Watkins here in the first hour of the show. Tea to Green with Randy Watkins. And uh, we were talking, speaking of greens, we were talking about greens uh, during the break. And, and we're going to go up to uh, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club and, and uh 
get Randy's thoughts on the azaleas and the oaks up there. And we were having an interesting conversation about how that course, the greens were originally built as bent grass. Correct. Which created a need for a sub-air uh, system that was installed. Yep. And now they have since transitioned to a Bermuda grass green. Correct. Uh, and uh, what? why the difference? What's the need of the sub-air um, you know, talk about that a little bit. I forget what year, uh, dance in the 90s, say the 96 or so. 97. Okay, I was close. Yeah. Um, or it opened in 97, so it probably was built in So it was built in 95 yeah. or 6. And so back then, uh, there obviously was a large budget because these are very well-built golf courses by a, if not the number one architect in the world, one of the top three, Tom Fazio, mm. on he had his run of the land. We got all this acreage. You pick it. You design it. You build. I want. We want the best. Yeah. At that time, bent grass was a superior putting surface. Mm-hmm. By reputation and by reality, many months of the season, except for July and August when it gets so hot. Mm-hmm. So, there was a company that invented a system called a sub air system. It's basically underground air conditioning. It would blow cool air underneath the belly of the green, which there's a cavity underneath the green, so there's space for air through the drain pipe, drain tile. Right. So it would pump cool air there to keep the roots cool because even in the summertime, the temperature of the water that comes out of the ground to irrigate would burn the top of the grass. Man. So, and that grass just didn't like it here. But there was a there was a time when the Country Club of Jackson, Annandale, Waverly, Dancer Rabbit, all had bent grass greens. They were they were terrific. But they just they can't sustain a life here forever because it just doesn't want to be here. Right. No different than they don't plant Bermuda grass in Milwaukee. Right. They don't Bermuda them wouldn't like it. It's, it's just the growing season's too short. Well, here it's just too hot, suffocates it. Mm. So you can still do it. It takes a massive budget to do it. I mean, the number of you got to have a sub-air system, really, to do it, to start with, mm-hmm. which is, I don't even know how expensive that would be. It would choke me down to even know it. Yeah. <laughs> but then then the amount of, you have to hand water it throughout the day. Once it reaches a certain temperature, you have to go syringe it. You can't just put on your sprinkler system. you got to misty spray it. I mean, you have to chemically treat it. It gets funguses and diseases like crazy in the heat and the humidity. It just doesn't like it. So that gave birth to what is now what they call Ultra dwarf Bermuda grass, uh. which is a which we have on all our courses, and everybody's got them now, uh, and they're superior more months of the year. And some people say they putt better than bent grass. Some say bent grass still puts better when they're great, but whatever, they're still superior putting service. But this is a very short bladed leafed Bermuda grass that was invented through laboratory testing mm-hmm. and. Some of it at Mississippi State, some of it all over the, the southeast did it. And so now the courses in the southern portion of the country, most all of them have switched or ultimately will right. switch off to an ultra dwarf because they are vastly superior to old Bermuda grass, much easier to maintain than bent grass, though not cheap. Mm-hmm. Still heavy requirements for lots of things to right. keep, to be able to mow a grass at that height, it does not like it. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't like it. Right. So you have to do a lot to, to, to condition that grass to act like a green. Mm. And so it, it causes all sorts of issues. But Dancer Rabbit, when built, they had every intention of making that 
the best 36-hole travel place in the southeast. Wow. Along with the other entertainment mm-hmm. uh, amenities that they were offering. And that was mission accomplished because it's fantastic. Yes. Golf. I mean, you can, every hole sits by itself. There's no homes. There's no streets. There's no, you don't see another hole, really. Mm. The Azalea, the original golf course, is the most uh, challenging, most difficult. Uh, then the Oaks, both of them just beautiful. I mean, it's big rolling land, huge oak trees. Mm. You know, it's just, it's there's nothing like elevation on a golf course. Sure. One of the most enjoyable things, people, they may not verbalize it, but you say, what's your favorite course? Generally, there's elevation in their favorite. Right. They won't say it. They say, I like this one. Yes. Well, I'll go, well, that one's got a lot of elevation in it. Yeah. Because you can see it's more fun to play. The ball right. goes a little further. Right. There's a lot There's a lot to it. I mean, I prefer it. I yeah. like I like elevation on a golf course because you can just see better. Yeah. But they accomplished that on a great piece of land, two fantastic golf courses, and I, I don't I don't know what their fee structure is now, but anybody can go play. Right. It's not hour and what an hour and fifteen minutes from here. Oh yeah, uh, it's an uh, easy it's drive. It's an easy drive now. It's just you can't go many places in the southeast better than Dancing Rabbit for a thirty six holes in one day or. A night or two, yeah. stay and play packages that they yeah. offer and do whatever else you want to go do. Yeah. It's all there. But I think it's a peach for Mississippi. I mean, it's been a it's been a hit. It, it's they uh the Azaleas was uh recently renovated back in two thousand sixteen. Yep. Um and then on the Oaks, um, it has not been renovated, but it opened two years later. The Azaleas was original course. Right. And the Oaks opened uh two years later. Um, what if you had to give a comparison? What course, if our audience is thinking about, all right, what's a Bermuda grass green compared to a bent grass? Say Augusta. Yep. What are their greens? Bermuda. They're Bermuda. Were forever bent grass. All right. What would be a bent grass course that people would know? Shoal a- Creek in Birmingham. Okay. Shoal Creek has hosted a major it's it's one of the I mean it's one of the top five in the southeast. It's an unbelievable facility steeped in a lot of history. Um they still have been. Okay. And I was just there a couple weeks ago yep. for a college event. Um the SEC has and Jerry Pate hosted a match play event, so I went okay. for Ole Miss and, and spent a couple nights over there yeah. and watched a lot of golf. The bent grass greens were spectacular. How about that? I mean, literally, they were perfect. Yeah. But it was October. Right. They close the month of August. And the reason they close is because the greens aren't any good. Yeah. Because they get too hot. Yeah. Huh. And they have to do so much during the day, they just take the pressure off. That's what you have to do if you're going to keep bent. Now they'll, now, they'll be, bent grass will be perfect from now to July the 1st. Really? Oh, yeah. How about it's that? cool air. Yes. Cool nighttime temperatures. Doesn't have the 150 degrees worth of temperature that Bermuda needs. Yeah. Uh, in a day, you know, it can be 90 and 60, 80 and 70. What are they, that's what Bermuda likes. Right. Bent likes it less than that. Likes it less. And it likes those cool nights more than anything. How about that? That's why it's good in the desert. Like in Arizona, all of that's bent. Oh, yeah. What's 
45 or 50 at night, it can get up to 100, but it's going to go back to 45 or 50. Right. That's fine. Yeah. But here, it can be 100 and then <laughs> 85 with 105% humidity. Absolutely. It doesn't like it. It's crazy weather patterns. But look, yep. speaking of weather, the last few days, today, tomorrow, beautiful around these parts. Don't go anywhere. More T to Green with Randy Watkins coming up right after this. Welcome back to Upon Further Review on WJQS The Fan. Listen to us on the web at WJQSTheFan.com. And welcome back in Upon Further Review. As we do the first hour of the first Monday of each month, Tita Green with Randy Watkins. And listen, when you stop in for this hour, you are going to find out so much about the game of golf. Uh, we're going to follow Mississippi golfers. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, instructional type things at times. Uh, we're going to get Randy to catch us up and give his, his breakdown on specific courses. Uh, you know, gra- you know, difference in greens, uh, the grasses that grow. There's so much that goes in uh, to the game of golf. And for the state of Mississippi, it's a game that continues to grow. And Randy, for, for collegiate golf, it's yep. a game that continues to grow. And it's a game that has benefited Specifically, when you look at the SEC, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, within our state, um, among others outside of the state, have benefited greatly from the uh, contracts that have come through, you know, TV contracts. We always hear about football, baseball, basketball, and how those sports have these massive budgets, but that money trickles down to all sports. And, you know, talk about uh, the game of golf at the collegiate level, maybe specifically within the SEC and how things have changed. Well, I mean, I, I think I've, I've told you before, we traveled in an eight-passenger university van everywhere we went. Ole Miss just got back from the Bahamas. Right. They didn't drive to the Bahamas. They flew. They fly nice. And there's ladies' golf programs now, the women's. I mean, Ole Miss is a national champion in right. 2021. That comes with good funding. These coaches make a living now. They make a good living. Um, they work hard. They're well-funded. They're well-equipped. They're well-traveled. Mm-hmm. They compete hard and they compete a lot. They, um, it's amazing how big that machine is now. To, and to give you an idea how big it is now, the, the, the PGA Tour has funded or promoted this PGA Tour U. It's called PGA Tour University mm. for the men. That the top five guys, men, ranked collegiate seniors at after the NCAA championship gets – Automatic status on the Corn Ferry Tour for the rest of the summer. Wow. And the next 10 get conditional status on it. So they're going to take 15 guys from college and get them out there and get them some experience playing professional golf on the Corn Ferry Tour prior to tour school. So they, they've, they've recognized that golf, college golf, is a farm team. Right. It is in the women's side, too, It's but just – greater on the men's side mm. because on the ladies side there's so many foreign asian girls right on, on the ladies tour that don't play in college golf they they go to golf training schools in asia right as opposed to college now they come very well equipped to play golf and yeah. they're great yeah and they're technically superior matter of fact Many times I'd rather watch the ladies tour than I would the men because it's easier to relate 
to the things the ladies do for us, mm. more men would be better served to say, I need to imitate Lydia Ko right. than Dustin Johnson because right. guess what? You can't do what he does. No. <laughs> you forget it. And don't try it with Justin Thomas either. He weighs a buck fifty. You can't do what he does. Okay, sorry. No. But, but you can watch Allie Ewing or Lydia Ko and go, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's well balanced, perfect technique, fundamentally very sound. They play golf shot by shot. They play it like chess, like it's supposed to be played. They, they, it's just different. But the PGA Tour recognized that they needed, they didn't have a farm team. Mm. But they also didn't want to run people out of college early to jump. So they, you have to be a senior. You have to have completed four years of, of competitive golf in college to qualify for it. Ole Miss has a guy, Jackson Suber, who's a mm-hmm. senior, who's now he just won this week. That's his fourth career win in college. He was 11th in the rankings going into this week. Now he won. I I don't know when the rankings come back up, but I'll be checking them quick. It may have changed today. I don't know that. But he's got a shot at that. So he could easily graduate in May, finish in that top 15 on the PGA Tour U, and go straight to playing on the Corn Ferry Tour to get professional starts under his belt, get a chance to win some money, earn some money, See what it's like to play at the professional level and give him competitive experience prior to tour school. I think it's awesome. I can't imagine having to been that in college. Now, now think about, um, you know, when you think back to to your playing days, yep. collegiately, and to now what you're seeing. You mentioned the importance of they have trained coaches now, correct? That can make a living doing it. Yes, they have the proper transportation. Yep. Uh, you know, all of these things to me, uh, are because, you know, at the, at the, at the grassroots level, there was a, uh, a structure put in place to try to help young people, men and women succeed through the game of golf. Sure. Some opportunities that you probably didn't have Correct. to get better, Yep. to have financing to, uh, to start your career, sure. You know, there's all of these things are through the growth, and uh, you know, part of that is just the the kind of the nature of of how things grow. But part of it is, you know, to the credit of we hear again all of these stories about you know these sports, you know, revenue producing is what you hear about. You're sure, and and yet at the end of the day, there are significant amount of young athletes, golf included, that are benefiting. From SEC TV contracts. No doubt. From media apparel deals, whatever it may be. No doubt. And now golf's televised. A lot of college golf is televised. A whole lot of it. And how much is it worth to Ole Miss to win the Women's National Championship? Yeah. You, you may not can quantify it, but it's worth something. Absolutely. It pays back some. No question. Because the, because the eyeballs that saw Ole Miss do this, there's people that are going to go to Ole Miss because of that. So the Miss, their golf team is very good now. They're Eddie Brescher is the head coach there. Okay. They just had a terrific week two weeks ago. I sent him a text. I've never seen them play that well. That guy's doing an awesome job. Dusty Smith at Mississippi State's got a very good golf team. Our junior colleges, Mississippi Gulf Coast Junior College, mm-hmm. community college, if not the best in the country, top three. Wow. Uh, Meridian is perennially good. We're producing a ton. Yeah, the schools are funding the program. They're recognizing that it can be a revenue producer differently, mm. not by selling tickets, right, but by promoting the school, promoting student athletes, 
and opportunities for student athletes, whether through golf or not. Yeah. But through the eyeballs that keep up with, look, this program is is good. It's competitive. It's well representative of our universities, of our state of Mississippi, all those things. That that starts at the grassroots. That starts at the junior golf level. Yes. The little tours, all the junior tours that the kids play. They learn those things and to represent their families well, their country clubs well, their golf courses well, their their parents, their grandparents. They understand. They learn it. By the time they get to college, they're pretty. You know, they're pretty mature young people. Right. Then they go through the four years of college where you get you have a coach now mm-hmm. that's coaching. Yeah. They don't teach golf. The college coaches are not golf instructors anymore. Right. Every kid comes already has their instructor they grew up with. Right. So the coaches now coach and mentor and lead these mm. young people, male and the female side. Yeah. So these kids are getting advanced because their coaches are actually doing – they're adding more to them. Absolutely. You know, they're training them better. So you look at Hayden Buckley and Chad Ramey and Andy Ogletree and Davis Riley. These are very mature, very professional young people. Yes. Allie Ewing, very well – Spoken, yes. very well dressed, very well rep, very appreciative of Mississippi. Yeah, they just they're better. Yeah, some of that's because they start in junior golf. That's yeah. what you learn, you and you see it, and you either adapt to it and catch on and do it, or you don't play golf anymore. Then in high schools are more demanding, and you get to college, yeah. now it ramps up, and now they're turning out some great young adults. I love it. You mentioned Jackson Suber from the University of Mississippi. Yep, he is currently ranked number eight. Good for him. See? In the uh, college rankings, that came out today at uh, about 145. So uh, awesome. he's moving up the ladder, might have a chance at that uh, that opportunity through PGA Tour. You mentioned youth golf. You've yep. got an event. No, uh, just had it two weeks ago. Just had it. The uh, Randy Watson Jr. Uh, tournament uh, championship we had at Lake Carolina. That's two days. Uh, we had 99 kids wow. play. It must have been 25 or 30 of them were girls. Which we love. Yes. Uh, the growth of the girls' game. Uh, Collins Trolio is our champion. Okay. Youngest son of VJ yep. Trolio, young brother of Cohen Trolio, right. the state amateur champion. Um, the girls' champion um, eludes me at the second uh, for the for a second. But they played awesome. That's he, great. He shot five under par for two days. Wow. Um, and he's a track. sophomore in high school, I believe. He's a junior. Oh, he's a junior. But he's just he just finished all his visits. He's narrowing down his spot, yep. but. He's going to go somewhere in the SEC. Uh, that's He's fantastic. That you know, and, and a shout-out to your son, Thomas. Yes. Who is uh, one of the top 50 nationally ranked yep. youth instructors. Got kids. In the nation. Yep. Classes are growing. Boys and girls starting it. I mean, we get out there age four and up. Now, is, where is he based out of? Which course? Whisper Lake. At Whisper Lake. We've just got more facility there, more Correct. practice facility. Oh, bigger, I love it. Bigger, bigger that's where I go area. to – when if, I, if yep. I have a time to practice – Yep. I'm over there. Uh, and actually, it's a great training down ground for the kids. You've got to learn how to score. Yes. Yes, there. indeed. No doubt. No doubt. So that's a uh, lot of fun stuff going on. Another edition of Tea to Green with Randy Watkins. We appreciate him joining us the first Monday of each month. And uh, certainly appreciate all the insight in the game of golf. And look, as we close out the hour, I want to encourage you. The weather's, weather's beautiful. Get out, pick up a club. You can get a cheap set of clubs anywhere. Yes. Multiple places. Just start playing the game of golf. You will enjoy the outdoors. You will enjoy the challenge. You'll enjoy the camaraderie. But uh, go play golf, Mississippi, and uh, continue to support our local courses. Randy, thanks again for joining thanks, us. Josh. We'll Bill. have you back next month. 
That's T to Green with Randy Watkins. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this. It's time now for Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Dorman, here on WJQS The Fan. Welcome back in Upon Further Review, hour number two. Hour one is in the books. Tita Green with Randy Watkins. Always a very insightful time uh, learning about the game of golf, talking about golf courses, golf course management. Just a reminder, you can find out all about what Randy Watkins has going on randywatkinsgolf.com phenomenal opportunity three courses to join all together patrick farms lake caroline whisper lake all in great condition uh great events we talked about the watkins cup which is the culmination of uh of nine different events your participation as well as performance in those events and um just sounds like a a, a, just a ton of fun and encourage you to visit his site randywatkinsgolf.com to find out more about uh, joining up and getting involved in what they're doing through the game of golf. Also have opportunities there to uh, visit with about what his son Thomas, a top 50 instructor for youth uh, nationally, and uh, what he's got going on uh, in growing the game of golf. If your child's interested, uh, an awesome opportunity to get involved in a sport early on, learn a lot of different things about yourself, perseverance, uh, all of those different things. Uh, and uh, so I would encourage you to do that. Uh, we have Randy on the first Monday of each month from 6 to 7 p.m., and uh, generally that is the time that we uh, dedicate to uh, our high school coverage. And so now what we're going to do is before we uh, get started with um, before we get started with the judge in the third and fourth segments, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of high school sports. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of football to start, but there's a lot going on. Basketball has gotten started. Uh, speaking of basketball, Madison Central, Coach Gardner, Ben Gardner, you, we, you remember we had him on the show. Uh, he took over that Madison Central program this year. And what do they do? First game of the season, they go in and beat Holmes, uh, Holmes County, uh, who is many had the number one ranked team in the state coming into the year and so congratulations to coach Gardner and his Jaguars on uh, a big time uh, win there for his program so uh, that's Holmes County Central that they defeated Uh, Madison Central came in uh, unranked according to Capital uh, Sports MS.com that's Brandon Shields and Chris Brooks that uh, that are involved in that Brandon Shields does a lot of the rankings there but uh, big time win uh, for Madison Central uh, as they defeated Holmes County Central, the number one ranked team in the state, according to CapitalSportsMS.com. Uh, also, uh, you've, got, uh, you, you, you've got volleyball in the MHSA that's, um, that's uh, winding down. Um, uh, boys soccer is about to get kicked off. Uh, a lot to go there. I noticed where Jackson Academy had four different soccer players, two young women, Two young men that uh, signed uh, today to play uh, collegiate soccer. Two of those at Jones College. Two of those at Holmes uh, Community College. And so those types of things are happening throughout our state. And and sometimes we get really focused in and dialed in on on one particular sport. Uh, but you have a lot of athletes throughout the state, multiple sports 
that are participating, that are signing, that are playing at a high level. And uh, so uh, there's a lot going on and a lot to cover uh, when you when we talk about high school sports. Speaking of uh, what's going on, let's talk about uh, a couple of performances. Number one, Bill, we've had uh, Coach McClendon, John Reed McClendon, from Greenville Christian on the show twice uh, so far. And, and obviously, they've gotten a lot of love. Did you by chance see the special that CBS did on them? No, I didn't see that one. No. So CBS no. did, a, did, a, did a special on them. You can go on Twitter. Uh, CBS probably has it on their Twitter page. Uh, you probably can, can Google uh, Greenville Christian School. But uh, it talked about the dynamics of facilities, of funding, uh, of this small school in the Delta that is now uh, the number one team in the state of Mississippi, and it was just a, it was just that is such a cool story that that you don't always uh, appreciate, but it's just a cool story to see that happening in our state, and uh, we've obviously talked about them a lot, but uh, you know that was a great, uh, great little piece done by CBS uh, on. Uh, on the Greenville Christian Saints from up in the Delta, so a uh, few, few, uh, you know, cool little stories here as you look through um, uh, some special performances. Jabraxton Boone, out of Ridgeland High School, a running back, had 27 carries for 243 yards with three touchdowns. As the Ridgeland Titans uh, went down to Holmes County Central this past weekend, uh, Gerald Boyd. Uh, from Holmes County Central in that same game, 21 carries, 256 yards, and three touchdowns as they defeated Ridgeland. That's over five, well, excuse me, one yard shy of 500 yards on the ground for two two young men combined. Uh, so uh, one for each team. That sounds like a special contest that took place there. And I know for anybody that was involved in that, uh, just a lot of fun to uh, be a part of. You have the playoffs coming up. The MAIS is currently in their playoffs. Uh, we'll update you on those brackets as 6A um, is going to uh, be starting up this Friday. Um, you had 1 through 5A that are already in their playoffs. And so uh, you've got um, – uh, Big matchups coming up. 5A is something to look forward to. Heritage Academy out of Columbus is uh, is is playing exceptionally well in 5A. Leak Academy, obviously, in 5A. You've got Madison St. Joe right here in the Metro. Simpson Academy down south. And Oak Forest, actually, out of Amit, Louisiana, uh, are all contenders there. 6A, you have the four. Uh, big schools here in the Jackson area. Hill, uh, excuse me, uh, Hartfield Academy, Jackson Academy, Madison Ridgeland Academy, and Jackson Prep. Madison Ridgeland Academy is the one seed. Uh, Hartfield Academy is the two seed. Uh, you will have Jackson Prep that will host Park Lane and Jackson Academy that will host Presbyterian Christian School this Friday night in the uh, first round there of those playoffs. And then the MHSAA, something that's not getting a lot of coverage, but I'm sure you've seen the change in schedule. Well, folks, I got news for you. What's happening in our officiating ranks, uh, when we project out five or ten years down the road, there's some trying times ahead if we don't get more officials. Uh, and, and look, I believe you're going to have to pay them more. 
I believe you're going to have to do a better job of training them, uh, having them accountable to assigning secretaries that don't just assign the games but hold them accountable for their calls. Uh, I believe that all of those things are going to have to improve to where you treat them like professionals. So you pay them like professionals and you treat them like professionals. I read an article where uh, up in northeast Mississippi, there's a district up there that used to have 16 football official crews. This year they were at 11. If that trend continues, you're going to start seeing where certain leagues, certain classifications are going to have to play on Thursday nights, certain classifications play on Friday nights, so that you can have enough officials to accommodate these games. Um, And so, you know, we had uh, Michael Vickers out of Louisiana on the show back in the summer talking about some leaks, some rules changes, et cetera. But if you remember, one of the things that he talked about is, look, get involved in officiating. It's a great way to stay in the game. Uh, Obviously, it's a little part-time hustle there. But more importantly, you're also contributing to the education of young people as athletics teaches so much. And officials are just as big of a part of that contest as they are there to apply the rules, to keep control, and it's a very critical role that uh, that we've got to make sure we plug the hole as uh, as our officials uh, are, are dwindling. And so that's something to pay attention to uh, over the next uh, you know few years to say, hey, in every sport, do we have enough officials to manage all of these contests? Uh, we saw it a little bit this year. We're going to continue to see that as classifications are going to start altering dates. Uh, and that's not just in the postseason. That's going to be across the board, regular season and postseason. You'll start having to see more Thursday night games, Saturday games, whatever it may be, to where you have enough officials to cover each matchup. So a lot of football playoff action going on. Uh, a lot of boys soccer contests getting started up. You've got basketball going, so it's a fun time. The winter is coming, and that means that uh, you'll be concluding fall sports, beginning winter sports, and it will give us a significant amount of talk about as we move forward. Speaking of moving forward, we've got one more segment to go until we welcome the judge in, where we'll have his good call, bad call. He'll throw the flag. We'll also give you our dirty dozen college football picks. I will tell you, last weekend was not good to any of us, and uh, we'll give you those updates and more. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this. Mississippi. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Norman, on WJQS The Fan. And we welcome you back in Upon Further Review. Brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, www.bcbsms.com. Live healthy, live blue. And uh, want to correct. something I stated earlier, the, the volleyball championships in the MAIS and MHSA have concluded. And uh, so um, 
want to recognize, we recognize the MAIS volleyball champions uh, in a prior show as they end about two weeks uh, before the MHSAA. So now we want to recognize the MHSAA state champions uh, for each division, each classification uh, in volleyball. And that starts in the 1A bracket. Yet Hickory Flat, the Lady Rebels defeated Resurrection Catholic from the coast in a five-set match. Uh, they defeated 3-2, to two, so congratulations to Hickory Flat on that 1A state championship, uh, state volleyball championship. In 2A, Belmont defeated Sacred Heart in three sets, 3-0, so Belmont wins the 2A uh, volleyball state championship. In 3, 3A, Alcorn Central takes down a, a traditional powerhouse, Our Lady Academy, in 3A, 3-0 uh, in that contest in straight sets. In 4A, Pontotoc defeated Pass Christiane, also in straight sets, 3-0, to zero, to win the 4A Volleyball State Championship. In 5A, Van Cleve defeated Lafayette in a five-set thriller, 3-2. to two. Uh, Congratulations to Van Cleve on their 5A Volleyball State Championship. And in 6A, a, a local, uh, a little local flair is the Brandon Lady Bulldogs defeated Oxford in a five-set match as well, 3-2, to two, to win the 6A state championship and uh, so that rounds out your volleyball state champions uh congratulations to those young ladies and coaches uh on both making it to that state championship game uh for both teams that were mentioned and to uh, the eventual winners and state champions so once again 6a brandon uh is your state champion 5a van cleave 4a Pontotoc, 3a alcorn central 2a belmont and 1A Hickory Flat. Congratulations to each of those schools. Let's move now to your MHSAA football uh, championships. Right now you've got uh, football, excuse me, playoffs, and uh, we should have uh, those starting up uh, here soon, and we'll talk about each classification and division to the best of our ability and try to give you uh, as much information as we can uh, on where those stand. When we look at 1A, uh, those championships come up the week after um, uh, Thanksgiving. So always a unique setup, but um, you've got uh, actually some of those have not been placed. So we'll have to find where all of those standings are and we'll try to give you an update or tweet out a link uh, that uh, can give you an update on some of those uh, different uh, standings. So uh, football playoffs are coming up. And uh, it's an exciting time uh, for high school sports. Basketball has gotten underway. And a uh, lot, of, lot of stuff going on with basketball. Obviously, uh, they're doing the best they can to play around the, um, uh, some of the uh, fall sports. But uh, you've had some boys soccer. A big matchup down in the south. You had South Jones uh, defeating Presbyterian Christian 3-2. to two. That was a... Uh, MAIS versus MHSA matchup, and uh, that was a, a big-time matchup. Uh, you had uh, in a little hoops, um, you know, you can go anywhere you want, but you've got some big-time matchups coming up uh, all over the state in hoops. There was a uh, some special performances. Uh, Terry High School has a young man who had a special performance. I'll have to get his name. Uh, it's, it is eluding me right now, but uh, he had a special performance there in their first contest. So a lot going on in the world of high school sports as we uh, as we move through now into winter sports. So uh, when we look at 
um, what's coming up in the next two segments. We're going to have the judge with us, and uh, the judge is going to give us his uh, good call, bad call, uh, and also going to throw the flag. He's got some really cool stuff. And, Bill, we're also going to have to uh, acknowledge the fact that we did not have a good weekend uh, last weekend in our dirty dozen college football picks. The only one I know is we all picked the Sparties. We did, but that actually was a push. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, yeah. You know, so it, was it, a, it, was a, it was a four-point spread there, and uh, and so that wound up being a push as the Sparties actually did defeat uh, the um, uh, did defeat uh, Michigan, thirty-seven, thirty-three, in, in a big-time matchup. So uh, we will pick those coming up in the next segment. We've got twelve new games uh, on the college football slate as uh, you had your first college football uh, poll that came out. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of conversation, and, and we're going to get into this more with the judge. But, but Bill, how much, does it, how much does it matter about the entire body of work? And how much does it matter about if you're a one-loss team, uh, if you're a, an undefeated team? Uh, how much does that matter, do you think, when they're ranking these teams? Probably not much these days. <laughs> it doesn't seem to anyway. Well, so, and the know. reason I ask that is is um, when you look at a team like Cincinnati, for example, yeah, and you look at the schedule that they've played as opposed to, say, the schedule that a Georgia or an Alabama, a one-loss Alabama team, for instance, um, if you look at a, a an undefeated Michigan State or an undefeated Oklahoma uh, compared to uh, you know a one loss uh, you know which there's not another one loss SEC team at this point but you have Georgia and then Alabama Georgia's undefeated Alabama seven and one and then you drop down there in the SEC your next ranked team you've got Auburn Texas A and M and uh, an Ole Miss Kentucky as well all at six and two but when you look at the strength of those schedules that's why I'm a proponent of we we of moving the the playoff structure out to more teams because, you know, while I understand Cincinnati's argument, what would Cincinnati do in the SEC? Not much. Because some of the teams they've played have not been very high-caliber teams. If you put them in the SEC where you have five or six teams ranked in the top 15. They may have three wins right now. Exactly. (laughs) And it's so it's hard, you know. Look at your Notre Dame's. Notre Dame's made the football playoffs uh, a couple of times and gotten blitzed both times. Uh, it's very difficult to to try to get any type of um, uh, consensus with regards to these rankings because ultimately, I think everybody knows that if you put certain teams in certain leagues, what would happen. And, uh, and certainly I think that's the case. You've got Georgia 1, Cincinnati 2, Alabama 3, Oklahoma 4. I'm not sold on Oklahoma. Uh, I, I think that they've been fortunate, um, and I think eventually they actually get upset. Michigan State proved that they were for real. But, again, you're comparing the Big Ten. Uh, you know, they still have some, some big-time contests to go on their schedule as well. Uh, you know, when, you, when they fill out the remainder of their schedule, they've got Purdue – then Maryland, and then they have dates with number six Ohio State currently and number twenty-two current Penn State, and so you know that probably washes itself out uh, in the end because a one-loss Big Ten team 
probably does not end up, uh, you know, in a, in a situation where they're in the playoff. You look at Oklahoma, Tulane, Western Carolina, Missouri State, Nebraska, West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas, TCU, Kansas, Texas Tech. I mean, come on. You know, what? what's going to happen when they get in the SEC and you have to run the gauntlet of SEC competition? They've got number 14, Baylor, who's been playing really well coming up, and then they fill it out with the Iowa State and Oklahoma State. So, uh, you know, again, that one could wash out as well. Uh, you look at other undefeated teams. Wake Forest. How about Wake Forest? wanting? To, they want some love, right? Okay, well, here's their love. Elon, uh, Presbyterian. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going back too far there. Uh, when we start this year, you've got uh, Old Dominion, Norfolk State, Old Dominion of the Conference USA. Boy, that's a that's a, a conference on the rise, right? Uh, Florida State, Virginia, Louisville, uh, just did get by Louisville, just did get by Syracuse, uh, Army, and Duke. They've got North Carolina coming up, North Carolina State, then Clemson, an unranked Clemson currently, and Boston College. Um, just a complete difference. Now let's go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati has South Florida, East Carolina, and SMU coming up. The likelihood is they're going to wind up being undefeated after barely getting by Navy, beating UCF, beating Temple. They beat, at the time, number 8 Notre Dame. Uh, That's a good win for them. Uh, They beat Indiana, Miami, Ohio, Murray State, and Austin P. And you you want a seat at the table for the college football playoff. It just, I just don't see how you could argue for that schedule to override uh, some of the other schedules that have been played here in this top 10 uh, with the, the likes of Baylor, uh, with the likes of, um, of uh, you know, Ohio State, Oregon. Uh, please don't put Notre Dame back in there. Much to the demise of my, uh, of, of my good friend, Brian Eubank, uh, the, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish do not need to be back in the college football playoff. We've seen uh, how that turns out. So uh, there's a lot going on there in college football as the first poll comes out uh, with the college football playoff rankings uh, moving into bowl season or obviously conference championship season. Uh, I believe that uh, that if Georgia gets beat in the SEC championship game, which obviously uh, them and Alabama still have a ways to go, Tennessee, Missouri, Charleston Southern, and Georgia Tech, but I would see Georgia running the table there and meeting up with Alabama. Alabama has LSU, uh, New Mexico State, Arkansas, and Auburn in the Iron Bowl. That could be really interesting to end the season. But those two in the SEC championship, uh, what if Alabama beats them? And they're both one loss. They both got to be in the college football playoff once again, representing the SEC with 50% of those teams. We've got the judge coming up. Here on Upon Further Review, he's going to throw the flag. We're going to give the good call, bad call, and we're going to give you our dirty dozen picks for the upcoming college football season. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more Upon Further Review right after this.
Welcome back to Upon Further Review with Josh Dorman. Call us on our caller line at 601-366-1180. Come the judge, here come the judge, here come the judge. Welcome back in, and yes, here comes the judge. And we welcome the judge in, as we always do for the last two segments of the show. Judge, how you doing this evening? Uh, doing great here. Survived Halloween. I had just just a few pieces left when they finally wore out. So, it, hey, it was good to see it back again. Yes, indeed. And, uh... I got to ask you, have you overcome the heartbreaking loss for your Cardinals? Hey, listen, you know, uh, it's not like they dominated every game. They have uh, many games, but again, they had that uh, performance at home again against the Vikings. So things even out in the wash. That's what they all say. You know, you, you get in, in baseball, you're out on a line drive and you're, you get a hit on a blooper. You know, at least that's what they say. And in, in general, things do even out you, you know you have a hot half and then you have a cold half why not you know why didn't the cardinals come out more aggressive early they were sure moving it at the end well listen speaking of hot and cold um cold signifies my performance in last week's dirty dozen college football picks Oh, you're the worst? Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, you, broke, you broke out some winter sweaters, maybe a turtleneck. I'll guy. tell you what, it was frigid. <laughs> and and listen, these records I'm about to tell you are the reason we tell you these picks are for entertainment pur- purposes only. Please don't take these. I would be broke if I would have taken these to the uh, sports book. As I finished last week 2-9-1, and one. the judge Ouch. was a little ahead of me at 3-8-1, and one, and Bill... Uh, outperformed the the rest of the group at five six and one, and uh, so that puts us. Uh, Bill is a uh, is a couple games above five hundred. The judge is a game below five hundred, and we're not going to talk about You're my overall record at this point. How, how many weeks we got left? I got it. We got just a few weeks left. Yeah. You know, I think it's four. So I'm going uh, with my my fourth uh, game plan of the season. <laughs> you know, I went from uh, didn't work too well last week to. Uh, Go with Bill to go against Bill. So, yeah, I'm going uh, different tonight. Going different here. All right, well, well, what we may try to do here is we're going to put a little pressure on Bill, and we're going to change up the rotation. We're going to start okay. with the judge, okay. and then and like then we're going to let Bill have his his choice, and then I'm going to I'm going to finalize. And uh, since I'm bringing up the rear anyway, it's not going to make um, any difference. I'm ready. So um, we're going to we're going to get it firing off here. All right, first one. <laughs> Air Force uh, is at Army. The battle of our military. Air Force is giving up two and a half in that game. Who you got, Judge? You said how many and a half? Two and a half. Two and a half. All right. I'm going to go with the cadets. I'm going, uh, you know, they they never give up. Air Force, they traditionally uh, score more points. They're flyboys and go through the air a little bit more with their triple option. But I'm going to go with the cadets, even though, hey, None of the uh, the military academies are, are showing real strong this year, but I'm going to go with Army, get them ready for their loss against Navy. There you go. All right, Bill, Air Force, giving up two and a half at Army. Yeah, I'm going to go with Army also on that one. Because like okay. you say, they're getting ready to, to lose to Navy because right, I'm, well, I'm a Navy brat. So, Well, hey, listen. That's right. And, and uh, 
and 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 let let me tell you this too. Our uh, 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 judge's father, my grandfather, was a was a was a Navy sailor, mm-hmm. and my brother, uh, and, my father and so both. we have a, we have a we have a, a close heart to to the, to the Navy as yeah. well. And this one though, I'm taking the Fly Boys. Ooh. Uh, I'm going with the Fly Boys, and uh, we're going to go Air Force. All right, we've got Ole Miss against Hugh Freeze, welcoming Hugh Freeze back to Oxford. Ole Miss gives up ten, welcoming Liberty. Who you got, Judge? I still think Ole Miss is playing for uh, you know a top-notch bowl game, and uh, I think you know a little payback after last week. Hopefully, Matt Corral will be back. So I'm going to go with the Rebels. Going with the Rebels, Bill? Yeah, I got the Rebels too because I don't think they're going to lose after that. Defeat yeah, last and week. look, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. At home, yeah, and the spread's only ten. Yeah, you know, if you would have done a three touchdown, twenty four point spread, I could see it. But but I think Ole Miss is the play there as well. Next up, Tulsa at number two, Cincinnati. Ah, that could be debated about whether they should be number two. But we're going Tulsa at Cincinnati. Cincinnati gives up number uh, gives up twenty two and a half in that one. Judge, who you got? Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. I think they uh, they historically they rise up for big guys. Uh, Big game, so I think they can stay within uh, three touchdowns and a field goal. There you go. All right, Bill, who are you rocking? I'm going with Tulsa also. I just don't think Cincinnati's a viable. <laughs> Cincinnati has survived up to this yeah, point. They're surviving. To be they're surviving. But right uh, they are the number two team in the country, yeah. but I've got Tulsa as well, and, uh, and I believe the spread. I think Cincinnati's going to win it, but I think Tulsa will play within yeah. that spread. Next up, we've got Auburn going to Texas A&M. Texas A&M's giving up four and a half in that one. Judge, who you got? Man, I've been on A&M all year, but what I saw at Auburn last week, I mean, they've they had a lot of men on the field. And uh, yeah, I think they, they really want a shot at Alabama. I think they're going to keep rolling. So uh, I'm going to go with Auburn. Going with Auburn? Bill, who you got? You never know what Bo Nix you're going to get, but That's hey. That's true. I, I'm going to go with Auburn also because I think they're like you say they're going to keep on rolling, getting ready for Alabama. All right, I'm going to yep. go against you two boys tonight on this one as they're going to Texas A&M College Station. The twelfth man comes into play. Uh, I think that Texas A&M not only covers that field goal but also wins outright. Going over to the West Coast, Fresno State and Boise State. Fresno State's given up five and a half over there, closer to closer to the Valley, Judge. Who you have in that one? Hey, I like the Bulldogs. They're they're tough this year. You know, you saw them against UCLA. Uh, they took them down, and so yeah, they can play with the big boys. And I'm not sure Boise State's quite uh, back up to what their you know their tradition they had a few years ago, the string of success. So I'm I'm going Fresno. Going Fresno. All right, Bill, who do you have? Yeah, going with the Cali team. Fresno. All right, going Cali. And Bulldogs. All right, that's where Bill hails from is Cali. So he's sticking right. with uh, with the Cali, and I'm going with Fresno State in that one as well. University of Texas San Antonio just gave their coach, Coach Trailer, a massive contract extension, getting him to $2.8 million in, the, in Conference USA. So he takes UTSA to UTEP. UTSA is giving up 12 and a half in that one. Judge, who you got? Well, you know, I don't know UTEP's record, but I know, I know UTSA has really uh, elevated uh, their status. Uh, and so I'm going UTSA. UTSA. Bill, who you got? Yeah, UTSA's got a good team. 
I'm gonna have to pick them. Yeah, they 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 had a big game in Ruston last week. La Tech, yeah, when they beat La Tech, yeah. So here's the thing: when you saw the response of the players, there was a there was a lot of rumor that Coach Trailer could end up at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. And when you saw the response of the players that he was staying, that shows you a culture and a group that's bought in. University of Texas San Antonio going away in that one. All right, we're going Oregon against Washington. Washington coming off a big upset win over who? Go ahead, Bill. Who you got, Judge? It was Washington State. I yeah, hate to say it. wasn't Washington. Oh, it was Washington, Washington State. State. I was trying to figure out who that was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was, yeah, I did. You know, I thought West Coast time. Am I on West Coast? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll go to Oregon and Washington uh, after the break here. We'll finish up our, our college football Dirty Dozen picks, and we'll get the judge to throw his flag and give us his good call, bad call of the week. Don't forget, we're brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy, live blue, www.bcbsms.com. Don't go anywhere. Final segment coming up next. Welcome you back in. Last segment of Upon Further Review. We appreciate you joining us. We are finishing up with our college football dirty dozen picks, and we are on Oregon and Washington. Oregon's giving up six and a half, Judge. Who you got? Hey, during the break, upon further review, got to go with those ducks. Of course, that was never any doubt. Uh, Washington is, they're up and down, but, you know, they're not consistent. So I think the ducks are the class of the pack for what it's worth. Bill? Quack, quack. Quack, quack, he says. Quack, quack, quack. Is it a double, double quack? The, quack, mighty, quack. the mighty ducks it is. I agree with that <laughs> assessment. I've got the ducks there as well. Georgia Tech at Miami. Uh, the Hurricanes have been making some noise of late as Manny Diaz was on the hot seat. Uh, in that one, Miami is giving up 10. Judge, who you got? Oh, man, Miami won last week, so I think they're due to not show this week. So I'm going with Georgia Tech. Give me the uh, the two scores. Bill, who you rocking? Well, let's see. It looks like Miami may have saved his job for one week. <laughs> Maybe I, so. I got to go with Georgia Tech on that one. Going Georgia Tech? All right. You've got Miami uh, in the last few weeks has been playing well, but they have lost to Virginia. Uh, they barely beat North Carolina State. They upset Pittsburgh last week. Uh, so that's two wins in a row for Miami uh, and should have beat North Carolina. Uh, however, that is going to be all that happens as Georgia Tech comes the in there Ramblin and rolls Rick. them. And uh, I've got Georgia Tech in that one as well. Uh, next up, we've got North Texas at Southern Miss. Mm. Poor Southern Miss. Mm. Uh, Champ, this one's for you. North Texas gives up five. Judge, who you got? 
Man, is it Thanksgiving yet? You know, we're going to bring out the uh, Thanksgiving turkey. No, I'm just kidding. I would never say that about Southern. My daddy's alma mater. Come on. Yeah. So, uh, no, you know, I, I still got to go North Texas. I am not on the Southern wagon this year. Yeah, Bill, I'm North Texas also. Southern just is not. Just for champ, yeah. I'm going Southern Miss because he has asked me to stop picking <laughs> Southern Miss. So, champ, I'm picking Southern Miss for you, baby. All right, we've got Mississippi State at Arkansas. Arkansas giving up five and a half. Judge, who you got? Man, I hope the Pirates got his ship floating uh, now. And uh, I tell you what, they uh, all the SE teams have physical strength. That's the difference in the, you know, the front seven on either side of the ball. And so I, I think Mississippi State's a little stronger uh, up front and uh, the, their running game, of course. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to – hey, how about that, the Will Rogers guy? Unbelievable. Brandon, yeah. Brandon Bulldog product. Yep. SEC record with his 93 complete – 93% completion, 36 to 39. Yes, phenomenal. He needed one more pass to, to break another to record, break have 40, record. yeah, yeah. All right, judges going with uh, the Bulldogs. Bill, who you got? Yeah, yeah I went against them last week against Kentucky. That didn't pay off so well. So I'm going I'm to take the dogs this time. Going with the dogs. What, I've what got I them as well. More cowbell. Yeah, more need cowbell. More cowbell. More cowbell. <laughs> Navy at Notre Dame. Notre Dame giving up 21 to the midshipmen. Uh, who you got, Judge? You know what? The one thing about the midshipmen is they never say die. They never. The. the what did John Paul Jones, the fight has yet begun or has only begun? That's right. So, hey, I'm going with Navy. I've only begun They're to fight. They're not going to quit. Yep. <laughs> All right. Bill, who you got? Oh, gosh, I think I'm going to go with the Irish on that one. Going with the Irish. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't want to go against Papa Judge's Navy, but I've got to go with the Irish as well. I hate going against Navy, too. Who, but, who have the Irish blown out this year again? They, they? Yeah, they really haven't blown Nobody. anybody out, um, which, you know, that's that's part of their story. LSU that's at right. Alabama. Alabama giving up 28-and-a-half. Judge, who you got? I, I just read LSU, one of their quarterbacks is in the portal. Oh, yeah. And the rest of them, yeah, and the rest of them may be on their way out, too, the guys they were building these last two years, so. No, uh, I can't go with LSU on that. So I think I think uh, they're going down. Yep, Bill, who you got? Yeah, roll Tide, Roll Tide, and I'm a Roll oh, Tide yeah. on that one as well. And uh, just to how many re- points, I'm uh, I'm gonna have to beat them by. <laughs> Do what now? How many points are we gonna beat them by? Twenty eight and a half. Okay, all right. Sixty minutes, like I said. <laughs> Sixty minutes. Uh, so that uh, listen, just just a reminder. It's for entertainment purposes only. Please. So please don't take our picks. Judge, uh, as you're throwing the flag, uh, who are you throwing the flag on tonight? Listen, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw a, a flag on some of these sports leagues, uh, namely uh, NFL, uh, NBA, and, and MLB even, uh, for some of the, these crazy unenforceable or – certainly absurd in, in many cases rules uh, that are really intended not for the purposes as stated, but for uh, what, what's always the bottom line, money. So uh, you look, for example, at the, uh, the head-to-head uh, contact rule or the targeting rule, uh, as it's sometimes known, you know, and having read through the, the, uh, some of the verbiage on these rules, it, it absolutely, the language of the rule creates the loophole 
whereby uh, these uh, leagues, the way they're written, uh, they can put their thumbs on the scale very easily. And I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist. They're uh, theorist. I've got a tin hat here in the other room. I had it on a little bit last night, but uh, you know, uh, for example, the the head to head helmet. Uh, my thought was, Josh, is you know, uh, more scoring uh, gets rating. You know what I'm saying? The, the average fan, or maybe the below average. You know what I mean? Fan. Uh, they they are attracted to scoring. You know, they're not attracted to that two one great pitching game or, you know, people don't like hockey, there's not enough scoring, a lot of action. But uh so you you look at that, we saw a terrible uh example, a lot of them over the weekend on both of these calls where the obscurity is written into the language so that, you know, in college it has to be a target. In other words, there has to be an intent and it has to be nefarious. And uh, so that, you know, that throws a lot of ambiguity and judgment on the play, you know, Uh, intentional. It has to, you know, be a target or intentional. Right. Uh, And then, and then you're thrown out of the game too. Not only is it a 15 yard penalty, but they've concluded it's, you know, you don't even get thrown out probably for fighting in many cases. Right. Uh, And so the, the Cincinnati Bengals game the other day was an example of where, you know, both players in a head to you know, you call it a head-to-head confrontation for a reason. Uh, the defensive man closes in, lowers his shoulder, and, of course, his head to make contact. And then the at the last second, the offensive man's trying to dodge or whatever. Sometimes he bobs and he might weave, and they hit head-to-head. Yeah. The other day at the end of that Bengals game, the runner actually uh, goes, is above the defensive man. Defensive man was going for his thighs, and the runner – lowers his helmet, creates the contact, and the, the penalty was on the uh, defense. And it, it's not reviewable. Isn't that something uh, in the yeah. NFL? So uh, yeah, I don't understand. There's no reason given why it's not reviewable. It is in college. Uh, and so, you know, that that's a huge call, uh, swinging a game. It, it swung that game for the, against the Bengals the other day, yeah. late in the fourth. So uh, that's just one example. One when I was reading through some of these, other unenforceable rules. You know, we decided after that Saints-Rams uh, fiasco, the league did, of course, not we, that they would finally uh, institute a review on pass interference. Sounds like a pretty good idea, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. How long did it last? It lasted a year, maybe two? Yeah. And they they, they got rid of it. They never called it against the offensive player. Uh, and it's much like the same thing with this helmet-to-helmet rule. Uh, look, Running backs, you know, uh, lower their head on almost every play. If they don't, they'd be out of a job. Absolutely. they got to get that extra yard and pound it hard. So uh, things like that, I don't really think they're intended necessarily for the safety of the players, but they are for the benefit of the league. Yes. Uh, Yeah. And uh, here's a a head scratcher. And, you know, I was – actually, I thought I needed some uh, head and shoulders over the weekend because some of these – I was scratching my head all weekend at some of these uh, in the college games. I don't know if you can remember any specifics, but there were a number where there was, you know, absolutely no intent. Yeah. And then the guy, the guy is ejected for the game. And yeah. If it's the second half, he loses half the next game. That's right. That's so, right. Well, that's gonna yeah. that that's going to uh, to conclude us here as uh, we welcome in the judge. We'll have to get his good call and bad call 
uh, of the week. Next week, we'll make sure we get that in uh, along with the throwing of the flag. A lot of conversation we can have with regards to uh, the targeting penalties, and we will continue that discussion in uh, in future shows. Uh, once again, thanks for joining us, Judge, as he always does every Monday night for the last two segments uh, here on Upon Further Review. And we'll leave you this with this as we always do. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you back with more Upon Further Review next week, Monday night, 6 to 8 p.m. Oh, what fun to celebrate at this year's Mistletoe Marketplace. I'm Mistletoe Marketplace Chair Bethany Morrow-Johnson. And I am Mistletoe Marketplace Co-Chair Kim Hardy. We invite you to join us November 3rd through the 6th for the 41st Annual Premier Holiday Shopping Experience at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. Buy tickets today to join us in the festivities. Join us at Mistletoe Marketplace and help support